Greetings, fellow classic TV and classic film fans. Adam Weismiller is the grandson of the most famous, and as most folks agree, the best actor to ever star in the role of Tarzan. And as you are about to hear, his movie star grandfather, Johnny Weismuller, was much more than simply a loincloth jungle hero. Adam is an absolute expert on the amazing life of this amazing man. Aside from being Johnny's true blood descendant, he is truly a full-on historian of this still extremely famous star. His personal memories and stories will absolutely fascinate you as they did me. Another thing that pleasantly surprised me is that he and I share a very common past. So with that, I invite you to relax and enjoy my interview with Mr. Adam Weismuller. Well, my old friend, Adam, how are you, buddy? Good, Pat. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's, it's, people are like, your old friend, Adam, is that all you're going to say? <laughs> and <laughs> I've got to say it this way. You know, even though we actually are friends and have shared a past that we've got to touch on here in a minute, um, we actually haven't met in person yet which is a shame. I'm assuming that's going to happen eventually. Yeah. But it's good old social media. Uh, a couple years back, I think you shouted out or, or responded to some of my posts, and that way we connected. And I was like, wow, this is the Adam. <clears throat> now, here comes the first problem. That last name I have heard pronounced at least three different ways. <laughs> and so instead of me massacring it, I thought I'd say, you know, Adam, what's your last name? It's Weissmuller. Now that sounds familiar to me. Weissmuller, Weissmuller. Oh, Johnny Weissmuller's grandson, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't take a lot of research there. Now here's the funny thing. I got a funny story for you. We talked the other day, and I said to my wife, you know, I just got off the phone with my friend Adam, Adam Weismiller. And she says, oh, and I said, yeah, he's the grandson of Johnny Weismiller. You know, Johnny Weismiller. No. <laughs> so I thought, you know, before she comes to, what I'll do is I'll go grab the Sergeant Peppers album that I know that's upstairs and run down and hold it in front of her face so that when she comes out of it, the first thing she'll see is your grandpa and I'll be like, that guy, that guy right there. <laughs> Freaking Tarzan. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't know his name. He's on the cover of Sergeant Peppers and you don't know his name. <sighs> so I called off the divorce and uh, we're now happily married again. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, that didn't really happen. But <laughs> no, wait a minute, I take that back. The first part of it did, but then it was like, oh, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah, when when people see his image or they hear his yell is when they know exactly who Johnny Weissmuller is. Now, it's a funny story. His Tarzan yell 
you know, it's the Tarzan yell that you hear just about every Tarzan do was actually a yodel from his father from the old country that he learned in Chicago when he was a boy. They, uh, Johnny, when he, well, let me start from the beginning, if I may. <laughs> yes, please do. I know. I was like, already I've got you all scrambled here, Adam. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, my grandfather, Johnny, was born in Timisoara, Romania on June 2nd, 1904. Now, he, he wasn't a gypsy. He was what's called a Swabian, which was a, a, a German citizen that was pushed moved into Romania to keep the gypsies out once they moved the Romanians out around the turn of the century, a little before that. And so he was born in 04. He and his family, his mother and father, emigrated to the United States and moved to Wimber, Pennsylvania, where his brother Pete was born. Now, from there, they moved to Chicago, where Johnny learned how to swim. And that's where the, the the story really starts. You know, when he was 10, 11 years old, he was swimming at the YMCA and he was spotted by uh, by Bill Backrack, who was a famous swimming coach and taken under his wing and taught to swim. He swam a weird style with his head sticking out because of the chop from lake michigan ah now that (laughs) thank you because that was one of my questions i was like is it because they the director said you know johnny we want your face in the shot you know that he swam like that because no he swam like that and they tried that they tried to train him to keep his head down and it's you know they said uh they said if he would have he would have been even faster but he kept his head up because of the chalk in the lake where he learned how to swim originally. That's amazing. Isn't well, that weird? Well, it screwed me up, Adam, I'll tell you, because all I ever, you know, every Saturday morning, they'd play those wonderful movies. Yeah. And it was time for me to take swimming lessons. And that's how I swam because. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. And my brother. <laughs> I want to see what's going on, man. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, he started swimming races in 1921 when he was 17. He started setting world records. He ended up setting 67 world records and 52 national championships, five gold medals in the Olympics, uh, one bronze medal. That was for water polo. He was standing in for a sick player. Um, he never lost a race. He never came in second. He always came in first. You know, he was, he was, no one's ever been able to do that since, since him, you know, but that made him famous. Yeah. That that he was such a swimmer and he became a model for BBD and first the swimsuits, you know, they were like one piece men's swimsuits back then. It was like a tank top and shorts (laughs) and he cruised around on the train and went to different cities and, and, you know, talked about BBD and made appearances. And he ended up in LA where he heard Greta Garbo was filming Matahari at MGM. 
So he decided, hey, I'm going to go down there and try to meet her. You know, he was somewhat famous and he was a handsome guy. Oh, yeah. So he went down there and he went to the gate of MGM in L.A. And there was a gigantic line of fellas out in front. And, you know, some of them are smoking cigarettes. Some of them are jump rope. And, you know, some of them are wearing shorts. Some of them are wearing, you know, all, all kinds of different guys. And he waited his turn in line, and he got up to the front of the line to the security guard, and I said, hey, are you here for Tarzan? And he said, sure. <laughs> he had no idea even what it was. <laughs> and so they said, okay, go on through here and make a left. And he said he went into the room, and there were these same guys, you know, that he was in line with, and some of them are running, and some of them are climbing up the state tree, and you know, doing different calisthenics. And there's uh, other guys around with clipboards. And one of them saw him and said, hey, kid, come here. Can you climb that tree? And he said, sure. He said later, any athlete could have done it. So he climbed up the tree. And then they said, hey, pick up that girl. And he picked up the girl standing there. And they said, take your shirt off. (laughs) And so he took his shirt off. And they said, holy cow, you know, you're hired. And uh, he said, what's your name? And he said, Johnny Weissmuller. And the producer said, well, we're going to have to change that name. It'll never fit on the marquee. And he said, what's a marquee? Yeah, right. (laughs) And this is post-Olympics, correct? Yeah, this is post-Olympics. He was in the 1924 and 1928 Olympics. So And, uh, yeah, he, he swept them all. He won every race he did, gold medal in every race. Um, he, he was speaking with the producer, and the producer said, hey, you know, Tarzan has a hoot or a hauler that he does to call in the animals. Do you have anything like that? And he said, well, you know, I have my old man Jodel from the old country. And he said, we'll do it. And he goes, oh, oh, my God, perfect. (laughs) Oh, my God, Adam. You you almost did that as good as Carol Burnett. Wow. That was was awesome. She's the pro at it. She does it better than Johnny. (laughs) And forwards, too, right? (laughs) Yeah. They ended up up taking the yodel, and they recorded it, and then played it forward. And then from the end of it, they spliced it to the back of it, and then played it backwards. So it goes forward to the end and then backwards to the front in one thing. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> it just didn't seem possible, you know? No, it gets louder at the end. Right. And they figured out exactly what they did. But it is his yodel, and he ended up practicing the one they they, they made so he could sound like that. <laughs> hey, and now I read somewhere that Tarzan call actually saved his life once. Yeah. Are you, you know what I'm referring to? Oh, yeah. Golfing in Cuba. Yeah. At the wrong time. Yeah. The rebels busted out onto the golf course with their M16s and or their Kalashnikovs or whatever it was. And they had them all at gunpoint. And my grandfather did the Tarzan yell. They all knew immediately <laughs> who he was, and they brought him to Castro, and Castro let him go. They wow. ended up being in contact for years after that. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> See, it's that kind of stuff. I mean, touching on the marquee thing. Now, this is another rumor I heard. And, I, and of course, now I have his firstborn grandson to, to tell me whether it's true or not. What's a marquee, right? Well, it's where you put your name. Uh, your name's too long. So upon realizing he was this huge star in his own right as an Olympian, they decided to just make the marquees bigger. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. His assistant, the, the producer's assistant said, hey, boss, don't you know who this guy is? This is the swimmer that holds all the gold medals. And the guy said, okay, he could keep his name and we'll put some swimming in the film. <laughs> <laughs> and he shall not be known henceforth as Johnny Weiss because yeah. no <laughs> it could have been huh Adam that could have yeah. been yeah no I mean that name carries with it a lot of weight and um, I know that you have been very involved in keeping his memory alive and there was talk of a documentary and a book and um, I just got to ask you though Adam Growing up, now, we had a mutual uh, acquaintance. Um, his name's Dick Smothers Jr. Sure. Now, there's a guy with a famous last name, and it worked in tremendously well for him in the porn industry, by the way. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> we're not going to go to your past that way, though, Adam. I want to know, <laughs> <laughs> though, as that last name, did you feel picked on were you given special privilege was it a was it a curse or was it a blessing well the fact that johnny is my grandpa actually made it a lot easier for me in school because back when i went to school in the early 70s you know and and high school in the in the early 80s he was still pretty famous he was still alive sure and and people would give me a pass. The teachers would give me a pass. So I actually, I got, I got through school pretty easy. You know, I got good grades that I probably didn't deserve because of it. <laughs> well, were you expected to be a water polo player? Is that, you know, that's the question. You know, I decided early on that I would not get into competitive swimming because the only thing I could ever do is make him look bad. <laughs> and so I got into teaching scuba diving. I got into scuba diving and I was a scuba instructor for a couple decades. Well, now that's cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Watch me tie this in, Adam. Boy, I'm just a pro at this. So you say <laughs> you spent some time in the ocean, did you? <laughs> now, I know you're in Paso Robles, which is just gorgeous. It's the new wine country, and <clears throat> I'm sure quite hot today. But it's hot in Santa Cruz, too, Adam. And we have a shared connection with this town, Santa Cruz. Mm, yes, we do. Now, well, as your old buddy, I should know exactly what that is. But <laughs> in all honesty, I don't. So what is your connection with Santa Cruz? Well, my family is fourth, fifth generation now. Um, Santa Cruz, they used to own Peniman Title Company. It's the Peniman family there. They're, they were a, a pretty pretty prominent family. My my grandfather's brother was the mayor for years. And, you know, just an old-style old, old style family from Santa Cruz. Um, 
and I grew up there, you know, I was born there and everything else. Um, my grandmother, who was married to Johnny Weissmuller, was from Van Loman. No kidding. And that's the connection there. Yeah. Now, that's it's amazing. So, of course, that's my story, too. I wasn't born here. I was born in San Jose, but I was here by first grade, which was 1969, I think. Back when houses were $10,000 a piece here, you know that. You know yeah. that as a real estate agent, of course, that <laughs> you yeah. could get a house for $10,000 uh. in the most one of the most beautiful places in California. Can't even get a parking spot for that now. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, that's the rent for the carport. And don't ask me about the property taxes on that carport. Believe me, you couldn't afford it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but that, the timing was great. And boy, wasn't it, wasn't it fun growing up here? It was golden, dude. It was, it was a golden town that we caught the tail end of the beauty of that town. I mean, there's still beauty there now, but... It was safe, and even though it was the murder capital of the world, <laughs> it was safe, and it was just a beautiful place to grow up. You know, and, and all the damn vampires. I don't know. It's just like, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the vampires and the mass murderers. And- right, and folks are like, what is he referring to? This is where The Lost Boys was filmed, folks, just to clear that up. But And, of course, Adam, when did you leave Santa Cruz, my question? I left in 2006. A buddy of mine opened up a boat dealership down here in Paso Robles, and I ended up working for him. And I came down here. It was only going to be temporary, and I ended up meeting my wife, and I never left. <laughs> Aww. So is this your fifth wife, like Grandpa? Or... Nope. First wife. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> Way to go, buddy. What she told me she didn't know who Johnny Weissmuller was. I was like, okay, next. <laughs> Nobody really knows his name. And I think it's because it's such a kind of an ethnic sounding, kind of German sounding name. You know, I think for some reason it doesn't stick in people's minds. I always thought it was a pro golfer whenever I'd hear my parents say his name and I would be like, wait. And then, of course, I had older siblings, which is why I do this nostalgia, classic television uh, tribute thing of mine. And, uh, you know, well, okay, so Tarzan was movies, but, and I'd heard you actually say this in an interview. Yeah, I do my research, Adam. Careful. (laughs) 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 It was on every Saturday. On television. Yep. Channel 44. KBHK, also known as Channel 12, correct? I I was confused. I thought everybody's grandpa was on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no. I mean, let's face it. Those films are timeless. Um, They were well done. His amazing dialogue throughout, I mean, just carried it. You know, (laughs) he's like, well, this is the easiest job in the world. (laughs) Me, Tarzan, you, Jane, Cheetah, get down. Here's boy. Pay me. Hey, gang, just a quick reminder that you can also find a slideshow version of this podcast on my Golden Rage of TV YouTube channel. There, you'll also find all my other retro TV radio celebrity interviews and my pods with pics playlist. 
the golden rage of TV Channel is jam-packed with various other nostalgic classic TV goodies, you'll find multiple seasons of my Retro TV Trivia series, which pays tribute to literally hundreds of classic TV shows and their stars. These include many trivia tidbits that you may just not have known. You'll also find my music playlist of rock guitar renditions of some of our favorite classic TV theme songs, all arranged and performed by yours truly. There's also a Happenings playlist, which houses all my celebrity memoir and merchandise reviews, as well as other promotions and current events. But much like this podcast, my Golden Rage of TV YouTube channel relies on the support of folks just like you. I'm talking about a simple one-click, no-obligation subscription. These really keep the wheels turning to continue bringing you more and more nostalgic retro TV entertainment. So please, subscribe and help keep this effort charging ahead. Again, it's a simple, no-cost way to show your support for what I do. It would, of course, be greatly appreciated, and especially if you share it with a friend. Thank you in advance, folks, and now back to our show. <laughs> oh, he made a lot of money, too. It, it propelled him right into the middle of everything. Yeah. I mean, the starlets, he's he's romantically linked to, to everybody, from Tallulah Bankhead to, to uh, well, of course, he was married to the Mexican Spitfire. And uh, I guess this is why you're you're such a Spitfire. Um, but it's it's funny because when we did connect, I don't know how many years ago it was, but we just we did a couple of direct messages back and forth. I think it was Twitter or Facebook or something. Sure. Good, good old social media, man, bringing people together. But um, you had mentioned this old, a lot of people have heard it many times. I'm this musician guy that blew his ears out playing way too loud, way too heavy music for way too long. And <clears throat> by the way, headphones are really bad for you folks. Steer clear of those things. Um, Shoot, my wife makes me wear those. Yeah, I mean, it's good for privacy. Um, but yeah. for recording music uh, for hours on end, it's probably one of the worst things you can do to your ears. Um, but there was this band called Kamikaze, and you had heard of us. I think I saw you guys play it like UCSC. I was thinking about it the other night. Did you guys ever play it there? It's likely. Um, I think it was like an end of the world party or something. I think I saw you guys. I can't remember. God, it was 40 years ago. Yeah, I know. That's a shocker. Well, let me just say this. Uh, you know, generally, I don't believe in boasting or tooting my own horn or anything like that. But whenever anybody brings up Kamikaze, I have no problems with saying that was the best band I have ever been in. And we could have been huge. It would have killed us all. But... It, it, it was without a doubt one of the most talented groupings of young guys that I don't know. It just and I was I came kind of late into it. But <clears throat> what we did was we played the Santa Cruz County Fair. I don't remember how we got that gig, but there was a lot of people. And I don't even remember who we were opening for. Maybe the Doobie Brothers or something, because it was a huge crowd. And it was one of those special moments where everybody was like, what? the hell is this beautiful you know it was what we called bonsai rocker that's what dick smothers called it bonsai rock kamikaze get it but um i mean 
yeah, I, to this day, I can still say it was the best band I've ever been in, and I have been in many. Um, you ever think about reforming it? Um, well, you know, there's a sanity issue with certain members, um, but enough about me. Uh, they're, uh, they're out and around. Uh, all members are still alive, amazingly. I am still in touch with, with Dick Smothers and Mike Fenton, who is also just an incredible player, uh, guitar player and writer. Uh, then we had Jay Wilson, who was the drummer, and he was, pff, no one touched him. Um, but, you know, with age and experience and things that just kind of go sideways, we, we've kind of drifted apart. And you know what? The fact is, if we did pull a reunion, I think it would be quite a spectacle, at least in Santa Cruz. <laughs> we were big fish in small pond. That, that was my Tarzan version. Uh, oh, it would be insane if you guys did that. <laughs> we big fish in small pond. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> terrible. Oh, this is terrible. Hey, and we haven't even cussed yet once. That's awesome. Oh, I'm trying not to. Oh, shit. Don't worry about it. I think, oh, I just did, didn't I? You <laughs> <No>. know, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Adam, the last few interviews I've done, and, and my listeners will attest to this, because of the SAG strike. Yeah. These actresses that I'd spoken to since that whole thing began, it's been just actresses and uh, just lovely ladies. But we were we were gagged based on the strike, meaning that we could not mention the shows they were on and could not mention the characters they played because that was the rules that the Screen Actors Guild set down on the union members so as to not promote anything that these horrific producers and production companies, you know, are playing hardball about with them. Um, God, I hope that comes to an end soon. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. It made it so like, so I'm talking to Loretta Swit and I, and I said, God, Loretta, you know, I have a four letter word I want to say so bad. And <laughs> 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 it's not, Fuck. Oh, excuse me. I might have to. Wait a minute. It's a podcast. I can say whatever I want. Don't be shocked, folks. Every now and then I talk like a sailor. Adam does all the time. But, you know, that's because we're, <laughs> we're Santa Cruzans from that era. But yeah. she, she says, you can mention MASH. We're not promoting it. <laughs> I, I love Major Houlihan. I'm like, oh, God, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Oh, she's she's iconic. I mean, when you think about that and think about her on on that show, I mean, again, you know, we grew up in a time back in the seventies and eighties when we had like three channels, and Mash was one of the Mash and Tarzan were like the two things on TV. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's just it. It was like her thing was we're not promoting it. I'm not going to promote it. There is not an upcoming episode. So I can talk about it. And I still like talk to her publicist. Can she talk about it? And he says, well, we'll see. But it seems like the, the rules change constantly. And, you know, hopefully, like I said, they'll be coming. They'll be coming to an agreement soon enough. And the actors will have the writers already in place. Actors. There were so many Tarzan actors. But to me, and I'm sure most of my listeners would agree, there was really... Only one 
and that was your grandfather. I mean, he personified it. Yeah, you know, he's he's one of those guys that was just in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, saying the right stuff. You know, it just uh, he he walked a golden path. You know, yeah, that's that it. happens to very few people, but but it does happen, and he was one of them. Walk the golden path. I love that. Yeah. Well, so, like I said, I'd heard talk about a, some sort of biography or, or biopic or documentary. Is there anything going on with that? Yeah, I, I have a, a film in the works, a documentary on his life. It's in the very beginning right now. I've already written it, and it's already, you know, copyrighted and all that stuff. But but I'm, because of the COVID it was hard to shop stuff and you know i did american film market and all that stuff but you know i've just had a hard time actually getting it funded for some reason but i have some uh i have some people i'm talking to that are very very interested that are ready to do it so i think it's going to be going pretty quick here i I think i hope it sounds like a perfect candidate for gofundme yeah i thought about that too you know maybe that that could be something you know i'll tell you this is the only time i've ever stepped into like the film industry and you know as you mentioned before i'm a realtor and before that i was a scuba instructor and a chef and you know so i never was really in like the deal making businesses you know what i mean besides the 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 real estate i'll never ever attempt to make a film ever again (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah well that speaks volumes right there that speaks episodes if i ever <laughs> it's like go stop backwards forward it's like two steps forward 10 steps back you know then you get scumbags that you end up getting mixed up with and you got to time them out it's just that just uh. so gnarly and i'm just just happy that right now it's in a good spot where the right people are going to be Matter of fact, I'm having a meeting tomorrow, 9 a.m., and hopefully that's gonna that's gonna make the thing start. It, it's got to happen. It, it simply got to. And you know, I don't know if my meager suggestion was a, of any worth, but if you do get in a situation where you can promote a way to earn funds to make it happen, you let me know because I will shout it from the mountaintops. I mean. Well, and I appreciate that you appreciate that. Good friends, old friends, hey. But, you know, your grandfather really deserves it. I mean, look at his freaking life, man. And it's like, oh, wow. How many people know? How many people know that he saved all those lives out in the in the Lake Michigan? I mean. Yeah, that's another insane story. You know, in 1927, he was training with his brother lake michigan before the 1928 amsterdam olympics and uh the favorite which was a 65 foot long ferry that carried 75 people plus the crew it capsized you know on a windy day 60 feet from shore right in front of johnny it was full of kids and and other people but the thing capsized and people couldn't get get from under it and they were drowning 27 people ended up drowning that day um johnny and his brother 
between them, saved dozens of people. Um, he got a letter from one of them. I don't have it right here, unfortunately. Let me see if I can. Yeah, I don't have it right here. But he got a letter from one of them that said, you know, you saved my life and I was able to have seven kids and you, you know, you saved my family basically is what it said. And I mean, it gives me the chills talking about it now. And he carried that letter with him until the day he died. Wow. That's kind of a saving private Ryan thing. Um, if you remember that, that film, that was what it was about was that the guy sacrificed himself to save this one guy. And he went on and had this family and he wanted the family to know who he was. And, uh, Yes, it's amazing. Played a hero, was a hero, and not only that, a freaking record-holding Olympian for... Now, this is crazy. He held that record uh, for the freestyle. I I don't know if it was the 100-meter or what, until Mark Spitz. Yeah, for 17 years, which is unheard of, an Olympic 100-meter freestyle record. I found that letter. Now... The letter that was sent to him when he saved all of the people from the favorite, the ferry on Lake Michigan, here's what it says. I have seven children, and one day my seven children will have their young ones. This circle of life will continue forever, or as long as God grants this earth to remain fertile within the atmosphere. But only you, Mr. Weissmuller, are responsible for this vast miracle that has come to touch my life because it is you who rescued me from certain death and enabled me to marry and have my children. I shall always impress upon the minds of my young children to say a prayer of thanks in your behalf, and God willing, these prayers will last through eternity. So... It makes perfect sense that he held on to that letter. Um, how long between the tragedy and him receiving that letter passed? It sounds like this was, I don't know if it was an adult that he saved. It, or was, it was an adult at that point. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know the exact date on it, but I know that, you know, for her to have seven kids, it was later on in life. And I don't think he could have held on to a letter like that from 27 you know, 1927 to 1984, considering yeah. the way that guy's life was. <laughs> you know, it's with one of the wives. Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But that must have just, I, I can just envision, he must have just broke down. I mean, how could you not? Oh, it's insane, you know, and stuff like that happened to him all the time. When he was, when he came back from the 1924 Olympics, he first moved to Hawaii, and he lived with Duke Kamanamoku and his brother Sam and his mom Julia, and uh, he was considered Ohana, you know, with the Kamanamokus. They taught him how to surf, and he trained over there for a while, and he came back to the U.S., to the mainland, and he went to Chicago. You know, that's what he considered his hometown, and he was staying in a, in a hotel. I can't remember the name of it. I have it written down somewhere, but it was a a high-end hotel in Chicago, and he was working out in the pool. And what he used to do is he'd take an old Model A inner tube tire and he'd tie it with a rope onto the 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 handle of the pool so he could get out the railing. 
and he'd put his feet in the in the air tube and he'd just swim using only his arms and shoulders and chest mm-hmm. and he would just do that forever and so he was in there doing that and he noticed a kid in the pool that didn't know how to swim and there was two fellas standing there you know back then in trench coats and the fedoras smoking the cigarettes and the whole bit they're watching the kid and johnny went over to the kid and said hey let me show you some pointers and basically taught that kid how to swim held him there while the kid kicked and all of that and you know after a little while those two guys said hey all right kid time to go and the kid got out of the pool and off they went well johnny was staying at that hotel a couple weeks later and there was a knock on the door he answers the door and it's one of those guys in the fedora and they hand him a packet he said this is from the boss and he walked away johnny opened up the package it was a a cold watch and on the back it said thanks for looking out for my kid al capone (laughs) (laughs) see see in the funny papers (laughs) <laughs> well, and clearly your dog is like, oh, I don't think it's exactly like that. Let me let me let me pontificate upon that. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have knocked on my desk. I was trying to get fancy. I love that you did the sound effects though, Adam. I mean, it's like, wow. This this is a great interview because he comes with his own sound effects. I won't make you do the yell, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I get that. Yes. <laughs> Well, and it's, again, man, I hope that comes together for you. Because, I mean, it seems like you're the only guy really trying to carry that torch. I may be wrong there, but. Well, his last wife's family, um, you know, my grandfather had dementia at the end of his life. And he was in Woodland Hills at the old, you know, star for the aging. I mean, home for the aging stars in Woodland Hills. He was there for a while. And, you know. They fought to keep him there because his dementia, you know, was so bad. He was running around there naked Uh in the middle of the night, doing the Tarzan (laughs) yell, jumping in bed with all the old starlets, (laughs) freaking everybody out. Or thrilling them, one or the other. Yeah, but they wanted to keep him there. And his last wife fought in court and won to, to get him out of there. And before his real family, you know, my family his actual blood family could do anything. She took him out of the country and took him to Mexico where he passed away. Um, and then she sold everything he owned, you know, it's horrible. And so basically they, because of all of that, they own the personality rights, which means I couldn't make a, surfboard with his picture on it right because that would be violating the personality rights but i could write whatever i want about it you know what i mean i can write a script or or do whatever and that's that's what i've done is you know i've just gone around the personality right issue which would mean likely there'd be no film version of it i, I i'm assuming well, I have that copyrighted too. I wrote a full-on script. That's the first thing I did is I just locked it all up just because I don't want them. I don't want 
You don't need it. That last family doing something to taint my grandfather or to have anything to do with him anymore, you know? And she's buried on top of him, for God's sake. Well, so the plan is, from what I understand, is to head over there with a bulldozer, get her the hell out of there. Hey, I volunteered <laughs> to do the feeding. <laughs> Adam would do it with his bare hands. No. <laughs> I bring my dogs. Well, it's would it have been his true wish, dementia aside, to be buried in Acapulco? I mean, no, we still have his plot at Forest Lawn that he bought in the 40s that that they they just buried him the nearest spot, the cheapest spot that they could do. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. It's you know, it breaks my heart what happened to that guy at the end of his life. And I don't want vengeance or anything like that. I just want the story to be told the way that it should, you know? Sounds like justice to me instead of vengeance. Um, yeah. Well, maybe a little vengeance too. Maybe, yeah. I met them in Beverly Hills. They had an apartment a couple streets over from my house. And my uncle, John Jr., God, who was in American Graffiti and a ton of other uh, iconic movies, he, he said, hey, you know, they got an apartment a couple of streets away. And here's their number. And I called them up and said, hey, you know, I'd love to meet you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to meet you. Yeah. They're all, come on over. I'm all, okay. And so I went over there and I walk in their apartment and I swear to God, it was wall to wall, Johnny White's Muller posters, right? And then some kid comes out and she goes, oh, this is David Weissmuller. No blood relation whatsoever to my grandfather. And at that point, I was like, listen, I don't know what you people are up to. You know what I mean? And it ended up not ending well. They called the police and the police came and got me. And I explained what was going on. And they said, oh, we know her. We know who she is. So they knew exactly what was going on with those people. And they just, they, they warned me not to go back there. And I had no reason to anyway, but that was the only interaction I've ever had with them. And, you know, it made me feel good that I got to go over there and speak my mind, you know, and tell them what I thought about the way that they treated my grandfather at the end of his life. Yeah. That's a shame. It's a shame the law sometimes works in reverse, you know, and protects the guilty. (laughs) Oh, the, the cops were totally on. They they gave me a ride back home. Yeah. They're like, dude, we know about her. Stay away from her. <laughs> yeah. And we're fans of your grandfather anyway. So, yeah, it's like, uh, it's just, I wish things would have ended different for, for my grandpa, you know? Well, and yet, I don't know how that worked and if this is even true, but he got a 21 gun salute. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and that was through Ronald Reagan, correct? Yep. I believe they, they flew the, the flag half mast at the White House for him, too. See, now, that's a bit of power. So, yeah. I, I'm kind of wondering, you yeah. know, wait, we got 21 guns here. We don't have to shoot them all in the air, do we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an amazing thing, you know. I mean, he was a guy who, you know, like I mentioned before, the golden path. He was, you know, it seemed like he was right at the right place at the right time 
every time. You know, he was one of the models used for the Oscar statue. Uh, he's wow. just connected to everything. He's connected to Duke and surfing and, I mean, you name it. Old Hollywood, he's connected to. It's like presidents. And, you know, I remember visiting him years ago in Mexico, probably 1977. And he lived next door to Henry Kissinger. Oh. And yeah, I was like probably 10 years old. Yeah, I was 10 years old. And I remember Kissinger and all of the soldiers more than I remember my grandpa on that trip. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'll bet. Was that the last time you saw him, Adam? Yeah, that was mm. the last time I saw him. 1977 when I was 10 years old. After that, he went right into the old folks home and then court battle and all of that stuff. <laughs> well, on the bright side, the, f the fact is, you, you know, I know you say he was in the right place in the right time and all of that, but you got to admit he was prepared. He, whether it was prepared that he had the full vision of what he was going to become, which is the quintessential Tarzan, you know, he, he was built. He had the body. He had the physique. He had the stamina. That was stuff he worked his ass off on, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did. He trained and trained and trained. He was always training. He had a house. And, you know, after he got the Tarzan gig, he, he kept training. And he had a house in Bel Air that had a swimming pool that went around the house. A moat pool. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and he ended up selling that place and the mamas and the papas bought it <laughs> and then the rolling stones bought it or, or mick jagger bought it he lived there for a while oh it just insane. <laughs> the house is still there it's been abandoned for 30 years are you kidding me yeah it's insane. i've been trying to get a hold of the the owner and just see if i can go Look around, supposedly some of the original furniture is still in there. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, hey, I'm your listing agent. Oh, it's like a, a $40 million teardown. <laughs> we can say right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, it's just, it's one of these Americana, I want to say fairy tales. And, and for the most part, it was a fairy tale life. It's funny, I was talking to Lee Purcell couple of interviews back and one of her uh, charities is the, the motion picture television fund the mptf it is which is actually the founders of that um star home where he was running around naked sure. and, and jumping into bed with everybody <laughs> sure naked. it provides it provides money for stars after they have you know, lost the shine at the end of their career. Oh, everybody, Adam. I mean, right down to the makeup artists, right down to the special services, all. Wow, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, everybody there has been involved can access, and it's still going. And here I am plugging it again, but it's only because you brought it up that your, your grandfather had the best no, time I, I, ever. That's a great thing. That's a, I don't know what, you know, a lot of these people would do without that, you know? Well, it's true. It's not where the big money is. Trust me, folks. Just follow some professional sports. That's where the money is. But yeah, I mean, like things like that. Getting back on track, I just hope that at some point, some way, you're able to do this biography for him. 
it's just just it seems to me like it's you live it you you carry on the torch and you keep his memory going and i'm i'm sure you know if he were here he'd look at you and go that's my boy <laughs> i can feel him saying thank you sometimes you know i'll bet i'll bet does it give you the urge to swing on a vine is the question now every time i see <laughs> I only see, at the ben loman dam there you go. <laughs> oh, yes. The Ben Loma Dam. That was the place to go when the beaches were so fogged in that it was freezing. And you go up there and it'd be 90 degrees and full of beach bunnies. Oh, the yeah. beach bunnies. <laughs> oh, the beach bunnies. So fun. <laughs> it's true. Well, my brother... Like I said before, it just seems like I've known you forever, and and I think we're going to stay friends for good. That's just... I think so, too, Pat. (laughs) And you can come up and sell my house whenever I need to put it on the market. (laughs) Let me know. (laughs) Well, we're going to wrap this up, buddy. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about Johnny. You know, he's one of those guys that I, I really believe should not fade away. You know, he could... He could be a role model for a whole generation of people again. Dude, he is on the cover of Sergeant Peppers. He was the first Wheaties guy on the cover of the Wheaties box, too. Like I said, this is a book or a documentary or something that's got to be done or made. Or maybe we just did it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, you have a great Halloween and holiday season, and uh, we'll keep in touch. You too. Yes. Thank you, Pat. Again, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. There you have it. Another retro TV radio podcast in the books. Once Adam succeeds in getting Johnny's proper biography made, you can count on me to immediately let you all know. Cheetah, Jane, and I certainly have our fingers and toes crossed. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave me a positive rating. That really helps. What also helps is subscribing to my YouTube channel at Golden Rage of TV. And be sure to click the bell to be informed of all my newest material. You'll find me on social media. You'll find my social media community on Instagram and Facebook at Golden Rage of TV and on X at Golden Rage of TV One. Once again, this is your host, Pat McCormack, and thanks for listening to Retro TV Radio. 